This is the Horse Radio Network. Hey, you're listening to Adulting with Horses, the best place to be if you can't be at the barn. We are your co-hosts and equine authors, Heather Wallace and Natalie Keller-Reinert. As crazy horse girls, we don't take ourselves too seriously in the saddle or out. We celebrate the things that make us different. Join us as we talk about horses and pop culture and get a little weird in a fun way. Thank you for being a little weird with us. This, I love bitching to you. It's so easy and effortless. <laughs> don't have to be, uh, don't have to be diplomatic. You just dive right in. Don't have to be True. upbeat. I really, on social media, I really do. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm like showing all the positive because I definitely don't. But I try to be a good role model. Yeah. Right? And in here, I don't have to be. I could just be myself. <laughs> With the bitch they want us to be. I can show the darker side of Heather. My goth glory. Well, I wanted to follow up on a conversation we had recently. Um, and, you know, we talked about riding lame horses and like to not do it. Right. Sure. But what if your horse is just acting out? Like what if your horse is tossing their head or stomping their feet or just being a general jerk? Mm -hmm. What then? Um, Well, 25-year-old Natalie would have been like, "Um, no, asshole, you're going to do your work and gotten super mean about it. And um, 42-year-old Natalie goes, ooh, what am I doing? What am I doing? And, well, first uh, of all, I'd like to recognize that you're humble in that sentence, which I've never heard of. So I'm glad we're recording it. <laughs> well, you know, I drove. I was driving to Ocala the other day with my husband, and um, we were we were going around a turn where you can like see into a big equestrian center's uh, jumping ring, and I saw a woman jump a horse very badly, get mad at the horse, and spin the horse around in a circle. I saw this from the road as I was driving past. Ew. And. I was just like, that dumb bitch just gave her horse a terrible approach to a jump with no impulsion and then completely took it out on the horse when she should have said to herself, wow, I gave my horse a really bad approach to that jump and I'm really lucky that he went over it at all and didn't just dump my ass in the dirt. Yeah, and and she got mad at the her. horse for not fixing her problem. And I was like, wow, I used to ride like that. You know, yeah. I, I, I definitely was hothead. And I used to ride like that. That sucks. But I sucked. No, I think because, a lot of us start off like yeah, that. Yeah, I was a teenager. Well, I sucked. All yeah, teenagers well, and, suck. And when you're a teenager, no, there, nothing's about you. Like, there's nothing. I mean, everything's about you. But there's you, there's no blame to be had, right? When yeah. you're a teenager, it's everyone else's it's, fault. Oh, yeah. It's the world. The whole fucking right. world. Yeah. yeah. Just get it and right, it's all horse. You. you know what you're exactly. doing, horse. Like, the horse knows anything that I didn't tell it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God, he was such a. I, I, so I I grew up riding at um this equestrian facility, and it was the kind of place where the horses were tacked up, and they were in these little cubbies pre-tacked up, and someone would ride them, put them back in, and back them into the cubbies, and then you'd see who you had on your list, and go get the horse and bring him right back out. So it was literally an assembly line of riders. So by the end of the day, the horse had been ridden five six times. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, they're gonna be mad about life so they weren't the best behaved by the end of the day 
But what I remember clearly was like the rider coming in to put the horse away and me being like, oh, how was it? How were they today? And then being like, oh, so-and-so did this to me, did this to me, did this to me. And it was always did this to me. <laughs> right? That's a very combative uh, approach to horsemanship. Like the horse is like the bully in the locker room. And they're just waiting until you go out in the gym. And then they're going to hit you with that ball as hard as they can. <laughs> or pull your pants down or like yeah. embarrass you on purpose. That's exactly it. They're like, this horse is my bully and I will conquer him. <laughs> in reality, I really just strongly feel, and especially as I've learned things over the years, because those horses never really did any of that stuff to me. I mean, I had horses that would rear periodically, but some of these kids, like they, okay, I was famous for riding this horse, Picasso, because I was the only rider he would never roll with. And I mean, like, he'd get hot and he would roll with the rider on him and they'd be jumping off. One time on a trail, he took someone into a pond. (laughs) Like, he just fully took the reins and was like, I'm out. Mm. He never did that with me. Right. And there was I got some really good biceps because I never let him get his head down, like, to take the bit and go. But. He never did that with me. And I never really understood why until I became an adult. And I thought, hmm, maybe it's because I, I like, we were having a conversation. Like, he would indicate that he was going to do something and I'd n- nip it in the bud, right? Like, sure. before that happened. But there were so many horses that were, quote, unquote, behaving badly. It can't all be just bad horses. <laughs> Um, especially when it seems to affect one age group disproportionately. (laughs) (laughs) Like all 12 year olds ride bad horses. That's weird. What a coincidence. All lesson (laughs) horses are bad horses. Huh? I wonder why that could be. (laughs) Well, maybe if you didn't like build structures for them that are essentially storage units and then (laughs) back them into parking spaces between lessons. (laughs) And then, and yeah, I mean, I don't know how you convince a kid to go, uh, this, this is not a doll and this is not a bicycle and this is not a doll bicycle. I don't, I don't know if that message ever really gets through, but, uh, it certainly should by the time you're an adult. <laughs> and I think people still struggle with that where they're like, my horse is being bad. Why? Because he's bad. Okay. Um, I firmly I firmly believe that horses can, will, and do enjoy being naughty. So when people are like, oh, I no, know I horses do. never naughty. No, no. I draw the line there with the whole like positivity thing. Like, no, horses love being naughty. Go, go, watch, go watch young horses play and tell me they're not oh my like, God. plotting each other's doom. Like, they love being bad. Have a yearling. Just... Be near a yearling. Be in the same zip code as a yearling. <laughs> and you will know that horses possess so much naughtiness. <laughs> oh, there's so much. I see horses take off like the fly mass of other horses in their paddock because they were mad they didn't get attention. And it, it's a real thing. It happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's They, they learn stuff. Is it the smarter they are? And the more you nurture that, like if you have a young horse and you give them like that emotional outlet where they're allowed to do stuff with you, then they can get 
even naughtier because they're having a great time because you're their pal. So it is, it is funny to me when people are like, there's no such thing as a naughty horse. Yeah, there's plenty of naughty horses. It's all in how you react to it because they have a reason for everything they do. That's, that's true. And, and they're, and they're reactive animals. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I, this is a perfect example. I don't know if I've ever told you the story. So Ferris is a clear example. There's a difference between if he's feeling physically uncomfortable and if he's feeling naughty. Okay. And I can feel the difference. I know him well enough that I know the signs. If he's feeling physically uncomfortable, he won't go forward. He'll bulk a little bit. He might pin his ears. He might even kick out. That's his naughty, right? Like that's his like physical, physical out. When he's naughty, okay, he comes out of the gate, head up, ears up, kind of jiggy, looking at everything. Mm -hmm. And he's looking for an excuse to not work. And he did this a couple years ago. We're riding around. He got bored. Um, and there was a tractor. And the tractor was on, not moving. Okay? He's fine with the tractor. He passed it a thousand times. A One of the turkey vultures landed on the railing right near the tractor mm-hmm. and opened its wings. He, <laughs> of course, no re- he spooked. Big, 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 big spook. Whatever. Turkey vulture left. For the next 15 minutes, I had to walk him past this post to show him that it wasn't scary because he refused to go in that corner. Then he started spooking at the tractor, right? All these things. So I'm walking him past the tractor. He's fine with the tractor. He's fine with the corner. He was just like, well, I spooked once. I guess we got to be done. (laughs) (laughs) So I make him, you know, just say, okay, well, that was scary. We had a reaction. Now let's look at it, right? And I don't make him get close to it. I make him look at it. But like... He very clearly was like, today we're going to be spooky, mom. It's going to happen. Like, <laughs> right. that's that's his, like, I'm distracted. I don't want to be here. And it's usually around feeding time. <laughs> wow. It's such a coincidence. Ben used to be so bad around feeding time when he was in a barn with, like, other horses. And there was a woman there who she knew. So she was a problem person in general. And she would 100% on purpose, mix her horse's feed when I was tacking up. Oh, what a dick. Oh, she's such a bitch. She was unbelievable. This woman was unreal. Like, I have loads of crazy stories about her that maybe we could share sometime. Uh, I just remembered her. That's, that's, my, that's how my brain works. This was only like four years ago. And um, she, yeah, so she'd mix up, she'd mix up grain, and Ben would be in the cross. He's like, I'm going to fucking murder everyone in sight if I don't get grain in my mouth. Like, pinned ears, stomping, swishing <laughs> tail, kicking out. And I, I'd take him out to ride, and he would be like sideways, up and down, wouldn't stand still, rear, 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 just because she was mixing feed, and he wanted it. But he had a reason. And the reason is that Ben was a starvation case, and he is 100 million percent food motivated. It's his, if there is food, Ben is there. And it needs to be his food, and he has to eat it before everyone else eats it, or he will die. Literally, yeah, he yeah, believes that he, he will die because he almost did. And right. um, so it's just like, um, can we, I would never punish him for freaking out that another horse is eating when he isn't. I can't because it's in his brain that if he doesn't eat before that other horse does, he'll die. Yeah. Imagine having that kind of trauma in your brain. I mean, I feel like that and I've never been starved. That's the thing. <laughs> it's like real. It's real for Ben. Like it is a real life and death situation. That horse is eating the food. 
Yes. And, and you know, there's definitely some real cases where, hey, like there's some trauma, there's something going on. Like a couple months ago, Ferris was acting out a lot. And I I even thought, knowing what I do know now, I was thinking, oh, he is just being difficult coming back into work. No, he was flaring with his limes and his Cushings. Yeah. And it just so happened to be coming out in ways that were different from what I was used to. And so... You know, my I remember like I'm riding him and we come around this corner. We're practicing bending poles, uh, you know, um, coming around at like a short bend and going over poles because we're getting him back fit for jumping. And he literally threw his body sideways and bucked. Mm-hmm. He never does that. And she's like, just keep going. It's just really hard for him. And I'm looking and like I, I stopped him and I was like, we're just going to walk it and then I'm going to get off. Like I just want him to come over it nicely and get off. And. He can be a jerk. Like, I love my pony to death. He can be difficult. And I believe that. But I truly also believe that, like, he doesn't want to hurt me. He doesn't want to be bad. Right. Um, If we're going to play, he knows we're going to play usually on the ground. So, like, I don't know. I'm just a big fan of of if your horse is consistently telling you some, like, being acting out, then maybe it's not, I don't know them just being difficult mm-hmm. yeah there has, well you gotta set up your baseline you gotta really know what you're working with that always the, That's the thing about do. like it's hard push them through it makes me nervous because that's where physically injuries happen is in that moment of they're saying hey this is really hard well how hard is it buddy well, it's hard enough that I bucked. So <laughs> what does that mean to you? What is what is for you? If it's hard enough that the horse bucked, then it's hard enough. And for some horses, it might be like, can you just are you bucking again? Like you have to have a baseline. Right. Where you know, your horse's personality and can say, I can't push through or <laughs> you put a boot in and say, look, you're going to do it one more time. Yeah. You know. And mentally, even it has a toll. Like, so physically, mm-hmm. it has a toll, but mentally, too, they either learn to bury it deeply and not complain and become more shut down, which yeah. is, in my opinion, way more dangerous for people. Yep. Or they're going to be explosive, reactive, right? Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, the, the shutdown is so much more because they don't show you those small signs of discomfort. They don't show you the small signs of this is difficult for me. They don't show you this. They just react and it's usually pretty dramatic and yeah. it comes out of nowhere oh the oh my god my old thoroughbred had a noise that he made right before he reacted and when i heard that he had a groan oh no and when i heard that i was like i'm gonna die this is it death time <laughs> death has come and i'm not joking like he would just sort of leap and come down and then leap and then come down and he wouldn't stop he just went into this cycle it was terrifying i was a teenager i didn't know what was going on and uh it escalated and escalated and he flipped over and he ended up um we found out years later he ended up with a a fracture in his um like around his pole and it calcified and then uh every so often bridal pressure would send him almost into a seizure Wow. And it was just, and it had all come from sore feet. So that I had, apparently I had a terrible farrier uh, because he was doing the entire barn that I was at and, and was just allowing his feet to get wider and wider and wider and wider. And he had white line disease. So 
it was this escalation of bad behavior that went from trying to get away from sore feet to literally having like a fractured spine. Oh, wow. It just escalated itself. Like, that's how bad it can get if you don't just stop in the beginning and go. Yeah. And it's so hard to know. (laughs) It's so hard to know. I feel like Mm -hmm. so. So. You know, it's hard to know if your horse is just being difficult, quote unquote, or Mm -hmm. if there's something physically wrong. Over the years, based on what I've seen with my own horses, with client horses, is I've reversed that thinking and now I assume it's physical. Yeah. And then if I rule all of that out with, you know, my own, you know, evaluation, chiropractor, farrier, vet, whomever. Mm -hmm. And then it's still going on, then I assume it's behavioral. But yeah. I never assume behavioral first anymore. And that's something that was a really hard lesson because everyone wants to tell you it's behavioral, but when the most part, it's not. Mm-hmm. No, you're 100% right. And I have learned to go all the way back, like you said, with every physical, make sure every physical attribute is accounted for, and then do start handling that horse like it's day one. Welcome to saddle training. And you, if you don't find the root of the issue there, I'd be very surprised. If you didn't just start over again with a horse that you have assured yourself is 100% physically taken care of, then when you start over again, you have a much clearer path forward. That's what I have You know, thought. I think you're so right. And I did that with Delight. And people were like, oh, you're moving so slow with him. Because it took me a good year to get on him. And then I took that like for then for eight months, all we did was walk. Mm -hmm. Right. And it took me a very, very long time. And then when we started to get more and more involved in like pushing the riding, that's when things started to go downhill very, very fast. And so I'm doing the same thing again. I'm saying, okay, well, we never got him examined for kissing spine before. So actually, that's my next step. Mm. Um, And that's actually what I think might have happened because he's got some old saddle sores. But like. We tried all the things, and then behaviorally, he started showing these symptoms that he hadn't shown me in years. It's not since before he was mine. And I'm like, okay, back to the drawing board. And you got to be patient with it because sometimes it changes too. Sometimes it's not the same thing every time. Yeah. Yeah. And when people say you're going slow, you have to ask them, where do you think I'm going? (laughs) Yeah. Where where do you think? I'm not training for the Olympics here, folks. Like he's 12 years old. I want him around for the next 20 years. Right. And I want him happy for that time. And if I can ride him, great. If I can't, also fine. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's really hard because there is some of that outward pressure from people that I know and love. And I don't think it's intentional. It's because they love him. They love me and they want to see us happy together. But I don't know if his happiness is being ridden. And that's okay mm-hmm. for me. And so... I let him say no. And some people think that that's a a real big problem because he's an opinionated animal. But he feels more comfortable and he's never acted like that with me. He's never been aggressive with me. He's never done any of those things where he has done that with other people. And people, you know, every single person um, who says, well, I don't think that the horse should, you know, be able to have this opinion or that opinion. They need to ask themselves why their opinion is so much more important than the horse's. Why they know everything. Well, yeah, but it's like, um, I, I I mean, are you saying literally like, 
Well, my horse uh, said that he didn't enjoy doing this with me, but I really need him to do this with me. So uh, he's going to have to do it. Like, wait, wait, wait. Why? Why? And you can't answer why without saying, because it's my possession and I want to do these things with it. And as an animal, guys, with like (laughs) sensations and (laughs) nervous system. Emotions. (laughs) <laughs> and um, I don't know that you should necessarily be thinking, well, it's my possession and I should be able to do whatever I want with it about a living animal. It's not a car. It's a consciousness. And, yeah. And there was four months of this earlier this year that I wasn't riding at all because Ferris was clearly not okay. Delight was clearly not okay. And you know what? All of my friends at the barn, they were all offering me their horses. I had so many horses that they – I mean, I chose not to, but yeah. I had like five horses that I was given the opportunity to ride. If I really need to ride that much, I have options. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's okay. Like, I, 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 if I really wanted to ride, which I can, and that's that's it for some people. Some people really need to ride, and that's fine. But you have options. Yeah. For bonus bitch time with Heather and Natalie – all you have to do is visit patreon.com slash adulting with horses podcast. We try to make it easy by making everything as long as possible. <laughs> and it'll ask you for $5 a month. And that is going to cover all of our extra time that we spend coming up with really bitchy answers for you. 